Hello my friends, this is your brother Hampton from Hybrid Calisthenics. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee with Hampton where I sit down and share some thoughts with you over a cup of coffee. It has been a while and today I want to talk about a topic that many of us unfortunately are all too familiar with which is depression. And specifically I want to talk about how I personally managed and overcame my depression. Now this is an important point that I want to bring up right at the beginning because as usual I'll mention I'm not a doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist, mental health professional, therapist, or anything like that. And even if I was, I am not your mental health professional. So the things I'll talk about in this video and the experiences I'll share are what worked well for me. I cannot legally nor should I say that they will definitely work well for you. This video is not meant to replace a consultation with a mental health professional. So, just so we're covered, that was my disclaimer. I put it right here at the beginning of the video. Please take it seriously. Anything that I am not explicitly stating, I am not claiming. And the only thing that I am claiming is that this is what worked well for me. And now to the video. So even more so than my other videos, this video is really meant to promote discussion. One of the reasons why I'm sharing my story is to encourage other people to share their story. I know a lot of us watching this have dealt with depression in the past or are currently dealing with it. So I encourage you as you're watching this video or even if you decide not to watch it, to please go into the comments and share your journey, share what worked for you because you never know who it might resonate with and who it might help. Now I struggled a lot more with depression in my teens. Interestingly enough, not so much in my 20s where I had more bad stuff happen, but in my teens. And I've come to realize that this journey is deeply personal for all of us and it can sometimes feel like we're very alone. That's why some of us get so upset when others pretend to know our story. So by sharing and reading other people's stories, some of which may seem very similar to your own, I hope that can make your problems feel a little bit more relatable and that you're not in this by yourself. So with that in mind, I do want to try to keep this video on the shorter side because again, my journey is just my own. It's not everyone's story. So I'll talk about what worked for me and I'll open the door for others to share their story. So to start, I actually want to talk about something that didn't really help me because a lot of people probably came to this video expecting me to talk about this because this is a fitness channel and exercise has been shown multiple times to be effective at reducing the symptoms of depression. Another thing I talk about is diet. And yes, certain dietary changes have also been shown to help depression. And that's true, that makes sense to me. Obviously, I think diet and exercise are very important. And it's certainly something that you, my friend watching this, may want to look into. But for me, I was already pretty active. I was already eating a fairly healthy diet, even in my teens. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying about how this journey is deeply personal. Because while this is a famous thing that helped a lot of people, it wasn't a turning point for me. But what did end up becoming a major turning point for me was acknowledging that I was depressed or had depression-like symptoms, depending on how you want to look at it, deciding that I want to make a change for the better, and believing that I could do it. For me, I never stopped believing that I could not only manage my symptoms, but overcome them entirely. And for those of you who do care about my story and resonate with my journey, that's a very important point that I want to make. For me, it was very important that I believed I could overcome this. Not right away. That is something that I want to emphasize because it makes a lot of people very angry, perhaps rightfully so, is when other people tell them to just get over their depression. Because <laughs> if they could do that, they probably would. So it wasn't something overnight where I decided that boom, I wasn't depressed. However, I did make a very definitive conscious choice in my mind to start making systematic improvements to my mental health. And the first step for me was telling myself that my life was too short to have to deal with this. At the time I was feeling depressed when I woke up, when I went to bed, and multiple times throughout the day. And I didn't want to have to deal with this for the rest of my life. 
And I should mention that I never accepted depression as part of my identity, in the same way that many of us identify with our politics or our sexual orientation. I never thought of depression as who I am. Now I want to reiterate that the first point I mentioned was to acknowledge my depression. So I'm not saying be in denial about it. I'm not saying don't get diagnosed if that's what you want to do. But I never accepted it as part of my identity. It's not something that I would put in my about me section or I wouldn't introduce myself that way. I thought of it the same way I would think of an unwanted mole. It was long for the ride, but I was gonna get rid of it. Now people are always asking if my mug is empty during filming. It's never empty and I'm gonna take a sip now so you believe me. I think I'll finish filming inside. Okay, so my second point is probably the one that's most personal and specific to me, because this was about how my mind worked, what was causing my depression, which I don't want to get too much into that, and what I needed to do to resolve that. Because after taking some time to think and taking some time for introspection, which I think we should all try, I realized a lot of things in my life that I was upset about were at least partially my fault. My depression was caused or at least spurred on by interpersonal relationships, how I treated other people, how they treated me, and how I wound up in my current circumstances. And me taking accountability for that was the second major game changer. Now this was me in my teens, so a lot of things were out of my control. Even now, a lot of things are out of my control. But some things are in my control, especially how I handled interpersonal relationships. And taking accountability for the mistakes that I had made and trying to resolve that played a big role in me fixing my depression. Because I've noticed that especially if we're unhappy with our current circumstances, if we don't like our current situation, it can be very easy to want to blame someone else for that. If only this person had been better, if only they hadn't wronged us, if only they had helped us out more, then we wouldn't be in our current situation, which is suffering. But when we start thinking of ourselves as the director of the movie of our lives, as the captain of our own ship, then we might think this person did wrong us, that's true, but we also misjudged them. And now we don't have to look out for that. Now again, this is very personal and specific to me. There are many other different ways in which accountability can apply, but my goal isn't to get anyone to dig a deeper hole for themselves. It's not to make you think that anything bad that ever happened was your fault and you should feel guilt and shame over that. It's really the opposite, because a lot of times I think our guilt and shame is caused by our denial that it is our fault, even though it's pretty common and sometimes expected for us to mess up at least some of the time. Just to give an example, sometimes, after some thought, I'll realize that I wronged someone else, even if they wronged me back just a little bit. I'll go up to them and say, hey, I know we had a disagreement. I'm sorry for the way I handled things. I feel like I could have done that better. I am always trying to work on myself. And just that, in itself, is a major source of peace of mind for me, is to acknowledge the very real thing that all of us are flawed and we're trying to work on ourselves. Most of us, when directly asked, will admit that we are flawed and wrong at least some of the time. You know, unfortunately. So given that, since we know that, we shouldn't be putting unrealistic expectation on ourselves to always be right and to never be at fault. Taking responsibility for things that I caused was a major improvement to my life and mental health. At the same time, after some thought, you may come to realize that things that you thought were your fault for a long time were actually not. A lot of people have realizations later on in their life, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, even later sometimes, about their parents. Things they were blamed for were actually not their fault. 
And this is one of the reasons why I think introspection and taking the time to try to resolve things instead of just ignoring them is very important. Because this realization that some things weren't your fault, some of which you've held on to for years and years and years, decades even, can also be very freeing. Because, well, you were right, and people usually like being right. And after you realize that you're not to blame, the next question might be, well then who is? Because sometimes it's no one. Sometimes no one is to blame. But other times, sometimes it's very clear who is to blame. And after you've identified the person to blame, then you can decide whether or not you want to forgive them. Now that's entirely up to you, but I do want to mention that a major source of peace of mind for me, another major source, and a major boost to my mental health was learning to forgive people. Kind of putting aside whether or not they deserve it, because sometimes it's not for them, but for us. Because eventually I recognized that people who did me wrong usually weren't doing so great themselves. Just to give an example, they say that abusers were often victims of abuse themselves. Now, to be clear, I am not saying that makes everything okay and that excuses everything they do. But when I do feel like I am able to forgive them, I do that and it seems to help me out as well. Learning to feel compassion for people that wronged me was a major improvement to my mental health and really reduced my depression because it gave at least some sort of reason for them doing the things they do and them being the way they are. And it made me want to help them. Even, even though I knew I sometimes couldn't, it made me want to help. And I think approaching people and approaching situation from a place of love and wanting to help really is my comfort zone. And at the same time, I would try to identify things in my past that had a negative influence on me. What was my metaphorical abuse, so to speak, that was causing me to abuse other people? You know how sometimes someone does or says some things that cause us to snap at them or yell at them. And then later on, even if we don't admit it to anybody, we think, boy, I got really angry there. I wonder why. I try to identify those insecurities and those fears that are causing me to act out in an unreasonable way. Now that's really a big topic in itself and we can do a separate discussion about that another day. But just to give a quick example, many of us are made to feel insecure at some point about our appearance. Either someone says they don't like the clothes we wear or they don't like our weight, but we sometimes internalize this. And when we fix ourselves, so to speak, later on when we are wearing clothes and we are a good weight, we'll look at other people and be like, huh, you're pretty skinny or fat. And look at your t-shirt, man. But if we take a step back, we might think, why are we doing that? We didn't like it when people did it to us. So that second point was probably the biggest one and it's quite personal to me, but just to summarize, the major theme was taking accountability. Taking accountability and resolving the things that I could resolve. Sometimes this involved taking blame for things that I recognized were my fault and other times it involved not blaming myself and recognizing the blame lied in someone else. And when I did recognize that it was someone else's fault, that someone may have directly contributed to my depression, then I would decide whether or not I wanted to forgive them. And I usually did. I always did. Because I realized that most people were, at least in part, victims of their circumstances and I would end up feeling compassion and empathy for that. And recognizing that, recognizing that abuse perpetuates abuse, hate perpetuates hate, and so on, I would try to find the triggers for me, the insecurities and the fears that were causing me to lash out unfairly at other people. And I would try to resolve that. But before I move on to the next point, I just want to point out that yes, this is about 
my journey and how I solved my depression, but I recognize that a lot of people watching this may have depression that's caused by chemical imbalances or hormone imbalances and other things that don't stem necessarily from unresolved issues. So even if this doesn't directly apply to you, if at all possible, I recommend still trying to identify your unresolved issues and seeing what you can do about them because it might help your overall mental health. And the third and final point that I'll bring up is probably the most controversial. It might make some people angry, but something that really helped me with my own depression was to focus on giving to and serving other people. And the reason this might make some people angry is they might already feel like they are doing that all the time. They are always making it about other people. They're always giving to other people. They're always being taken advantage of. They might think, hey, when is it ever going to be about me? And I get that, that's a reasonable concern. But I'm not talking about myself giving to other people so selflessly, so much that it hurts. I'm not personally an advocate of that. The times when I do wanna help other people, and I do wanna serve other people, and I do wanna to give to other people, I do so because I want to, because I enjoy it. And I say that I do it without expectation. When I give to other people, I'm not expecting anything in return. And those times when I did give and serve because I wanted to, and not because I was trying to manipulate some result that was unspoken, but the other person should know, then it was very hard to take advantage of me because I wasn't expecting anything in return. For example, when I give someone a birthday present, I'm not expecting one in return on my birthday, because otherwise that'd be called a birthday trade, not a birthday gift. Now I've talked about this concept before on this channel quite a bit. Most of you watching this are familiar with it, so I won't spend too much time on it. But the addendum to that is knowing how to draw boundaries. Let's say you're giving someone $5 a week because you want to, and then one day, out of the blue, they say, hey, I want $10. And whether or not just because you don't want to or because you don't feel comfortable with it, you have to be able to, and it's perfectly okay to just say, no. I'm sorry if I haven't talked enough about this, or for those of you watching, you haven't heard me say this, but it's perfectly okay to say no. If you're not breaking a promise or an obligation, it's almost always okay to say no. Now, you can say no just if you feel uncomfortable doing something, but usually my condition, my boundary, is whether or not someone is asking for something because they can't do it, or they can't obtain it themselves, or because they don't want to. For example, I'll give a friend $1,000 if they can't make rent, or mortgage payment, or car payment, or something important like that. But if it's winter time and someone says, hey, can you go out to my car because it's cold and I don't want to, I might just say no. Now I know some of you are going to say you don't know how to say no, so here's a quick tutorial. No. But back to giving to other people, I noticed that the days where I felt the most depressed, stressed, and anxious were usually the days where I was focused on myself. Now it's not necessarily unreasonable, right? Because sometimes we might be focused on ourselves because we're worried about money, our career, our health, and these are all reasonable things, arguably responsible things to be concerned about, but those were still the days where I felt the worst. And while those days may not be completely avoidable, when I calm down a bit and I reframe my situation and reframe my problems from a place of wanting to help other people, I usually felt a lot better. The days where I was focused on other people, giving to other people, and loving other people were the days where I felt the best. So for example, if I'm worried about money, if I'm thinking, man, I'm not making enough money, what can I do to make more? Reframing that to serving other people might be, what can I do to bring value to other people? What can I give to other people that makes them wanna give me money in return? Because that's really what ethical money making is, is bringing value to other people and them giving you something of value in return, in this case, money. So do you see what I mean? 
Either way, something needs to be done. In this case, I need to find some way to make money. But one way makes me a lot happier. One way focusing on giving to other people, thinking about others, and how I can best serve them brings me a lot more happiness and peace of mind. I know not everyone will believe me, and that's fine. This might be the first video of mine you've ever seen. But I have to tell you that being in that place of being able to walk through the world and seeing other people and genuinely knowing that you actually want the best for them, that you want them to thrive, you want them to feel loved, and you want them to succeed, even if it means them surpassing you, that's a big thing. That's a very empowering place for you to be mentally. So my friends, that is what I have for you today. This video probably will be longer than I expected, but I started talking and there were more things I wanted to add. I know we started outside and ended up inside, and I know that doesn't look quite as nice, but I really want the focus to be on the audio because this is obviously a huge topic. I might make several videos in the future talking about this, but I really hope it can help other people. I just wanna share my story and hopefully it can resonate with some of you. I know not all of you. So once again, if you want, please consider going into the comments, sharing your story and commenting on the stories of other people, including my own. You never know who you might touch. This has been a long filming process for this video, so I hope it can help a lot of people. I actually recorded this video before, a couple days ago, finished the entire video, got the whole script out, said everything I wanted to say, and then realized while I was editing that I had clipped the mic, not here where it usually is, where it should be, but on my belt where I temporarily put it as I was changing clothes. So I had to redo everything. I love you all. We'll talk soon. Have a beautiful day, my friend.